Good morning, everyone. Nice to be with you. I wanted to share a few thoughts that were inspired by first a podcast I listened uh, to, Krista Tippett's On Being, uh, in which she interviewed Dr. Dacher Keltner, who is a Mexican-born American professor of psychology at Berkeley. He studies emotions and social interactions and culture. And in particular, he studies um, kind of our moral uh, qualities and the biological and evolutionary reasons for our better nature, meaning why we are evolutionarily and biologically wired for good emotions and social interactions like compassion and empathy and love. Anyway, his newest book is called Awe, A-W-E, Awe, The New Science of Everyday Wonder. And I read this book over my most recent break because I am all about discovering our everyday wonder. And actually, in many ways, it's just another language for what I think a religious life is all about, a spiritual life. It's not about necessarily how many meets a vote we are doing, although that can lead us towards awe. But I think more like Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, who said that to be a religious being begins with experiencing wonder and awe around us. It is kind of a fundamental stance that enables us to actually um, actually achieve sort of a spiritual outlook and mindset on the world. And Dacher Keltner affirms that science proves this um, fundamental role of awe in sort of spiritual thinking um, with all these studies. So first of all, what exactly is awe? He defines it as the feeling of being in the presence of something vast that transcends your current understanding of the world. So that vastness could be physical, like what it feels like to stand on a mountaintop overlooking a valley or standing next to a giant tree, or it could be vastness of what it feels like to stand in a giant arena and hear a voice fill it up. The vastness can be through time, like when you smell something and you're suddenly back in your grandmother's kitchen, or you hear a song and you go back to a younger version of yourself. The vastness can also be semantic about ideas. Like when you have an epiphany and suddenly it collects all these random thoughts and helps you integrate them in some way or perhaps expands them in some way into some vastness. Now that vastness can sometimes be unsettling or destabilizing or challenging because sometimes those epiphanies or those moments of awe force us to change our worldview in some way. What it does, that awe, is it reveals that our current knowledge is not up to the task of making sense of what we have encountered. And of course, that gives us a little humility in that moment as well. So when you are experiencing awe, we go in search of new forms of understanding. Awe is about our relation to the vast mysteries of life. 
take that in for a minute. So <clears throat> that's what it is to experience awe. But what does it actually do to us when we feel awe? Keltner says that awe quiets the nagging, self-critical, overbearing, status conscience, status conscious voice of our self or our ego. And it empowers us to collaborate and to open our mind to wonder and to see the deep patterns of life. So where do people find awe? Especially everyday wonders. He posits that we can experience awe every day. And I would say the same. Keltner studies thousands of people from 26 cultures. So this is not just about how Western or American people experience awe. This is human awe across continents. And what he finds is there are categories of wonder that inspire people to awe around the world. And across time, they've been basically the same things that have inspired awe. Now, I want you to settle into your chair for a minute and try to recall the last time you felt awe. Now, it doesn't have to be that giant kind of awe that you feel when you're on a mountaintop or seeing the birth of a child, although those are clearly very um, powerful moments of awe that stick with us. But try to recall just the last time you either felt a little chill, like of goosebumps or a sense of um, epiphany or that sense of touching the mystery in some way. Settle into your body and take a few deep breaths and breathe in that feeling. Try to remember how it felt in your body. And hold that thought for a moment. And if you're having a hard time remembering, maybe my sharing of some of the categories that help us feel awe will help you be more attuned to the fact that there is everyday awe all around you and to be more present to it. Because actually it's around us all the time. We just are not always paying attention. So what Keltner finds is that as he studies thousands of people and asks questions about awe and when they experience it, there are kind of eight big categories, eight wonders, he calls it, that inspire awe in people across time and culture and space. Of course, you might imagine that nature is one of them and that absolutely is. That's number three on his list. He lists them in order of kind of prevalence. And how about music? Music is a frequent source of awe. I certainly experience that. And that's number four on his list. What about coming in contact with either new life or death? That is almost inevitably a source of awe for people. Life and death is number seven on his list. Visual beauty through art or sanctuaries, architecture, fractals in nature, all of that. Visual beauty is number five. Religious or spiritual experiences are number six. Number eight, 
he calls epiphanies of understanding. When you have those kind of moments that things become clear or become expanded. So I just gave you the list, not in order, of number three through eight. But I didn't give you number one and two. And they are in some ways the most surprising. Number two is what um, Keltner would call collective effervescence, which is not a term he made up. It was introduced by the French sociologist, Emile Durkheim, who I studied when I was a religious studies major. He studied, he, he created the idea of the phenomenology of religion. But he sees this collective effervescence as the emotional core of religion. And his phrase speaks to the qualities of those kinds of experiences where we feel like we are buzzing and crackling with some life force that merges people into a collective self or a tribe or an oceanic we. Think of people moving together as bodies should move. Everything from a dance rave to the wave at a sporting event to marching in a protest or even marching in a marching band or even just seeing throngs of humanity moving together onto the subways in a morning commute. That's collective effervescence. You either could see all of that as just um, uh, a pain <laughs> or not be moved by it, or you could actually, especially when you're in the midst of it yourself, recognize that you're not just this one body. You are part of this collective organism that's moving together in some coordinated way that actually makes you feel part of something much bigger. Collective effervescence. I think you'll notice it a lot once you've got this language for it. But interestingly, the thing that inspired all most was in fact um, other people's courage, kindness, strength, or overcoming. What Keltner calls moral beauty, which is the first wonder of life in his taxonomy. So exceptional virtue, character, talent, that's moral beauty. And it operates according to a different aesthetic, one that's marked by a purity of goodness, of intention and action. And that moves us to awe more than anything else. Now, you know those stories of moral beauty. I realize that I am very fortunate to be in the awe business. In some ways, you could say that the whole point of my role as a rabbi is to help create opportunities for people to experience awe, whether it's through music and prayer or religious experience or helping people walk through life, um, uh, life moments, um, welcoming new life, accompanying someone in death. Um, and my job puts me in contact with awe really every single day. And I agree with Keltner that probably the thing that brings the most awe are these stories of moral beauty that are prevalent in our community. So one of the things that I want to just express that is so powerful about awe, and then I'm going to give you some time to think about it, is that when we experience awe, probably the most powerful emotion that emerges is that our individual self gives way 
to a boundary dissolving sense of being part of something much larger. That to me is the definition of spirituality. More than a belief in God, it's the recognition that you are part of something much bigger than yourself. You could give it a kind of unsexy name of you're part of a system, but system is big. It's big, like an ecosystem that, that there's interconnected things that are all affecting each other. In moments of awe, we shift from the sense that we are solely in charge of our own fate and striving against others to feeling that we are part of a community sharing essential qualities that were interdependent and collaborating. We perceive that we're part of networks or systems of more interdependent collaborating individuals. Awe expands the circle of care, the people we feel kindness towards, and it inspires our saintly tendencies of sacrificing, sharing, and putting aside our self-interest in favor of the interest of others. Now, if that is not the definition of religious stance, I don't know what is. That to me is it. And that is actually the whole purpose of mindfulness. The purpose of meditation and mindfulness is actually um, inspiring these more saintly tendencies that awe inspires and that understanding that we are part of something much bigger than ourselves. So if you haven't already closed your eyes, I invite you to do so. Breathe in the possibility of awe today and every day. Let's thank God for this gift. Moda'ani lefanecha. Thank you, God, for the gift of this day. And of course, our mantra is going to be the Hebrew word for awe, yira, which is, of course, also the same word as fear because they're very closely related. That can be a topic for another time. But if you'd like to have a mantra, I invite you to take yira. Take a few moments to open your heart to wonder and awe and don't mind the time.
Open up my eyes, teach us how to live. Fill our hearts with joy and all the love you have to give. Gather us in peace as you lead us to your name. And we will know that you are one. May your day be filled with wonder and awe and many blessings. See you next week.